This is the EPLOG audio experience. You are listening to the Artist Podcast with me, Suttitha. Stay tuned. Hi guys, a very happy new year from all of us here at the Artist Podcast. May your year be happy, joyous and mindful. This year is predicted to be the year of being real, being authentic, that's the word. So more openness, more honesty, less manipulations because the world is becoming open and real. In today's episode 115, our guest for today is the amazing director Sabiha Sumar. I'm a big fan of her work, especially her film Silent Waters. She was in our podcast episode 3 when we had started. So I'm so delighted that she's back this time. We talk about the film that she has produced, Joyland. It is one of the films currently shortlisted for Oscars 23. Sabiha has won multiple awards as a director. Her films have got screened in Toronto, MoMA, Locarno, BFI and more. She's also a trained actor under Judith Weston, who was also on our podcast. So check that out. We're also starting our newsletter soon. Stay tuned for that. Hi, Sabia. Welcome to our podcast, The Artist. And it's so lovely to have you back on the podcast because you were one of the earlier ones when we started the podcast in 2019. And now we are like 100 plus episodes. So welcome. I'm so elated to have you and to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Suchita. I am really proud to be on your podcast again. It is really nice <laughs> that you asked me back. Uh, and it's great to continue the conversation as it were from where we left off yeah it's it's amazing and now it's even more amazing because your film now as a producer joyland has got uh, shortlisted in the oscars and we're all eagerly waiting because everyone is talking about joyland and you have produced that amazing project which i've been hearing so much about thank you yeah it is really a proud moment for all of us the whole team and of course for pakistan because it's the first time that a feature film has been shortlisted. Yes. Um, and it makes us all extremely proud. And before I, I'm going to dig more on your journey with Joyland and of course on your journey from Khamushpani to Joyland, uh, I was, uh, you know, reading your mail last mail and I didn't know that you were part of Judith Weston's academy. You've been trained under her as an actor, is it? Yes, I've done some workshops with her and it's been really wonderful yeah. uh, to work with her and also at RADA with the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yeah. I've really enjoyed my work as an actor. I've done very little work as an actor, yeah. but that is something that I really, really long for because mm. it's work where, you know, your responsibilities are different. Yeah. And um, from being a filmmaker where you are actually responsible for everything. Yes. Uh, and as an actor, I felt a certain... Uh, a certain relaxation you know and I felt like I had to do my part as an actor wait for the director's nod if they accept wow. it, if they <laughs> like it, you know and then I'm off I'm off the hook and I go on to the next um, I really enjoy taking on different personas and doing work um, uh, of, of different nature it really helps me Actually, all of film journeys are actually part of understanding yourself better, you know. 
of getting to know yourself better. And whether it's as an actor or as a filmmaker, a writer, director, yeah. producer, it really is Lovely. about immersing yeah. yourself. Lovely, yes. Yeah. All of the journey of filmmaking is you're finding yourself constantly yes. with everything that you do. And being an actor, wow. I mean, Judith is, is on my podcast and you should definitely listen to her episode. I'll send it across to you. And uh, what an enlightening conversation. And I, I asked this question to her, Sabia, that do you think the directors should act at some point in their life so they understand the other side, that they are constantly directing? And you just mentioned the same thing, saying that it just made, just expanded your own perspective about your own self. Exactly. And uh, what I learned from Judith was actually what was very important was as a director, you should know the other side. Yeah. Um, because um, you can't expect that an actor will pick up your very abstract notions of be angry, be sad, be uh, thoughtful, <laughs> you know. It doesn't work like that. And how yeah. you have to actually invest yourself in that process, yeah. bring yourself on the table. It's only when yeah. you put yourself on the table that others will open up to you and to your work. Yeah. So that relatability that comes, comes by yeah. being vulnerable yourself as a director, lovely. as a writer. Lovely, lovely. Becoming, being vulnerable yourself as a writer, director. What a great line, Sabia. Tell me, tell me, Sabia, I'm going to go, go back to Kamosh Mani, one of my favorite films, and I cannot stop watching and re-watching it. But it's, it is my all-time favorite film, Sabia, Silent Waters. And it's won 14 international awards, of course, and... Uh, one of the major ones in Locarno itself. Uh, pulling your point of uh, being uh, trained as an actor, I've done some workshops with Judith, and now when your journey of traveled from Silent Waters to Joyland, uh, do you find yourself having grown in terms of the perspective of cinema? Yeah, I think that, you know, with every film, one is learning more and more about the craft mm. and about... Mm. And being a filmmaker means you do have to know everything, the whole gamut. You yes. cannot uh, close yourself off in one aspect. Of course, you may specialize, you know. Yeah. But I find that in, in independent filmmaking, um, you are, uh, you play many roles yourself and you put on many hats too. And I think that with every story that you're telling, there's a part of yourself that is being unraveled through that story. I only work on projects uh, where I find myself connected to the story. Yeah. Yeah. I am, uh, I think, the only Pakistani woman um, producer on Joy yeah. <laughs> Wow. And that brings something to it because the women characters of Joyland yeah. are so special and so strong also, whether it is uh, Mumtaz or Nuchi, you know, or Mrs. Fayyaz. I mean, they're all really strong characters. The whole family I mean, is a really strong unit. Um, so I think that with every, with every work, you find yourself invested yeah. in one or two or three or more of its characters, you know, in the whole milieu. 
and then whatever your role may be whether it is writer director whether it is producer you want to or at least this is how i see it my uh, role in every film in any position is always to shape the story yes you know, shape the characters and yeah. to be for the um, if i am not writer director myself then for the writer director to be a sounding board you know yeah. in in the production process to shape the story better that's really what i enjoy doing most and i think that that's where my forte lies sure sure so we are talking about joyland joyland has gone through uh, some tough times in terms of its uh, uh, controversies coming out from pakistan uh, and india being very close to pakistan culturally as well it being shortlisted in the oscars being sent to the oscars and uh, the entire uh, news flashing across everywhere tell me about how did you as a producer and a woman producer from pakistan handle the whole situation uh, with the director and i think your other gamut of producers involved you know joyland found itself in this very uh, difficult position mm. of uh, being banned in pakistan uh, but it got itself out of that and it rallied support people's support you know to do mm. that something uh, that we were not able to do at the time of khamosh pani khamosh mm-hmm. pani was also banned you know uh, for the fact that it had an indian uh, actress as the lead uh player and um at that time cinema was really non-existent in the country so it was not possible to fight and to position the battle in the way that joyland and our team was able to do um and you know censorship has this terrible effect of um creating a fear in the minds of people because when we are producing our work we want to produce it for our own countries first yes time's work is a very courageous piece of writing yes. and directing and and at the same time one has the fear or the desire to be able to show that to your own people and to share it with your own people you know there's yeah. a there's a passion because it doesn't complete you as a filmmaker unless yeah. you're able to bring it to your own people and yeah. if it can't be discussed amongst your people so i think that um, censorship is something very very complicated to handle and it actually what happens in the process is that you start self censoring yourself you know will this scene pass in pakistan will this work will this be accepted will the censor yeah. board take this you know and yeah. you don't want to lose the whole film for a, a few scenes that are absolutely crucial yeah. and it's self censorship which is the dark part you know mm. of all for all artists we don't yeah. want to be caught in that process we don't want to self censor ourselves we want to go freely into the process and write and direct and produce as we want to do it to tell the story as we want to tell it yeah the whole process of filmmaking itself is so tough you know it, it is in self so painful uh, right from not just conceiving the idea but the entire funding process to making it and then the censorship that comes on top of it 
censorship in India is so tough. I don't know how tough is it in Pakistan. Well, censorship is getting very tough in India because of its political changes. Yeah. And it's the same in Pakistan. It's censorship is about imposing political ideas on artists, you know, which is really nonsense. Yeah. And and it should not and is not acceptable in any culture. Um and India is getting more and more into this uh, with Shah Rukh Khan's film, for example, Pathan and, you know, other films that the Queen, I remember, had some censorship issues as well. And we, we see this as a growing trend, you know, yeah. but for Joyland, it was a win-win um, with the government also coming around, at mm. least for the most part. And the mm. film has played long weeks in cinemas, at least in the urban centers. Um, and it's the kind of wow. film that I feel needs to be talked about and needs to be discussed because it is about family life. And, you know, we are community mm. people. Uh, yeah. And and Siam really shows in a wonderful way how being part of a family, you also need to cherish and honor individual feelings and emotions and choices. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we live that? So I think it's a film that needs to go beyond cinema. I mean, I would yeah. want to show it in small villages and towns and have discussions wow. around it because it is something that needs to be talked about and thought about in that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who are we and where are we going and what is individual choice within a family? Yeah. Yeah. And sure. it's a very it's a very universal uh, uh it's built on very universal emotions. Yeah. How how do you envision the next journey of Joyland Sabia now since you're approaching the Oscar deadline as well? What do you what are your emotions right now? Well, I hope that it 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 it's a winner. I think the film is a winner and I always yeah. believed in it right from the word go hmm. and uh, i think it has so much going for it um i can't see it i mean of course for it to go through the oscars to be nominated and to win is one thing but i think it's a winner even without that in the sense that it has already moved so many lives it has already been talked about so much it has been valued it's you know the relationships are very relatable and it has spoken to a large audience both at home and abroad and i think that is a win in any case so i would say having come so far of course one hopes for the best but one doesn't uh, you know feel that uh, that that would be all for joyland yeah. for a film like joyland i think it has a journey beyond the Oscars as well. It has a journey that will keep it going and alive for a long time to come. And in India, I did play at Dharamshala, if I'm not wrong, uh, yes, Dharamshala Film Festival. Were you there? Were you able to make it there? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't there. And I think right now, visas between India and Pakistan are such a scare. Oh, it's a scary this is thing, so bad. You know? So, so bad. Yeah. Um, it, it is difficult. But yeah. um, I'm sure that... Um, Somehow it will find, hopefully, well, I don't know, Mola Jatt has 
been rejected in India for a release and that's been a big blow and it's been a very successful film in Pakistan and it just points to how Pakistan is growing both in the independent film scene and in the commercial film arena as well and Mola Jutt on the one side and Joyland on the other and it sort of you know really uh, really tells gives you hope for the future yeah. of cinema in Pakistan and I do wish that the borders would open and that yeah. there would be freedom for artists you know yes absolutely borders opening and getting more freedom for the artists would be so lovely uh, if we can resolve everything I'm just wondering, Sabiya, in terms of the funding, I always consider in the last episode, I was like, how long did the funding take? It had a long journey. And uh, what about Joyland? How complicated was, was the process? Because now I see it already has some four producers attached to it. Um, but I think every film has its own journey also in terms of funding. But the main thing uh, is to get the script in order, you know. So it took about three and a half years or so to really get the script to a level where it would attract financing. And um, and that process is a very rigorous process. It's also a process where, you know, you have to take a breath, you have to give yourself room to grow and, you know, uh, be three, open to changing your mind. Three and a half years, Sabiya, just butting in here, three and a half years to get the script right. You know, yes. if you tell the filmmaker sitting on the in Varsova on the in a coffee shop, they are going to say, "My script is ready; it's all ready to shoot." And you know, I'm going to like it's one month. I we have worked on the script; and it's all there. Uh, yeah. Just getting that script right and working on three and a half years. You just want to elaborate a bit that what was that process like and why it's important for filmmakers to give that kind of time to your scripting process and not be in a hurry to just put the film off floor to uh, cut your film and then straight away put it for Oscars, you know? Yeah, I think writing is the most uh, rigorous aspect. Of course, uh, raising finances is another. But if you don't have your script in a strong position, most people are only going to read it once. And if it is rejected, in that one go, you're not going to be able to approach them again. You know, so it's very important that you take a long breath <laughs> and you tell yourself that this is going to be a long journey yeah. once you're committed to a story. Yeah. And you may come back, you know, to where you began and you may um, sort of look at that and say, well, actually, I had it quite right in the first instance, but you know, now that I've introduced these aspects, it's gone, hmm. it's lost its harmony uh, and balance. And that can happen all the time, but one has to take the risk because there's no such thing as, oh, I'll just go in and change this little bit. Yeah. Because when you go in and change that little bit, other little bits fall apart. Yeah. You know? and, and bringing your characters in balance because Joyland is um, told from uh, three perspectives you know, of Heather, Biba, and um, Mumtaz. And these are all very strong perspectives. You may you may lose the balance, and yet one protagonist has to shine yes. above all. So 
ایز ان خاموش پانی ویر ویرو عائشہ اینڈ سلیم وہ بوتھ ویری امپورٹنٹ کیریکٹرز بٹ عائشہ ہیڈ ٹو بی دا پروٹیگنسٹ سو یو نو دیٹ پروسیس از دا موسٹ امپورٹنٹ ایسپیکٹ آف فلم میکنگ اینڈ اٹ کین ناٹ بی رشڈ بیکاز یو آر گروئنگ آل دا ٹائم ایز یور اسٹوری از گروئنگ اینڈ یو آر آلسو چینجنگ ان دا پروسیس آف رائٹنگ یو نو اینڈ یور ایکسپیرینسز آر گروئنگ یو مے ناٹ be able to invest yourself and like what I said in the very early part of what I've learned with Judith and with other teachers that if you are not willing to make yourself vulnerable to put yourself on the table you cannot write you cannot direct and I would go so far as to say you really can't be a true producer if you don't link and emotionally um, involve yourself and you know put yourself in those positions so for me that really is the thing and uh, very many people start to write something and they say oh this is a very personal story this is yeah. a very personal journey but for them to open up and to really come out and put themselves in in those words in those yeah. situations is a process because you are going to be judged yeah when people reject that script when people say this character is not strong enough when people say this character makes no sense to us when they say this is not clear you know you have put yourself in there and the work will not ring true this is the main thing you know the work will not ring true and i think that cinema is one of those arts where you cannot lie Yes. Yes, lovely. So, Bia, tell me, how long did the funding process take for Joyland? Um, it, it, well, once it started to happen, it happened fairly quickly. But like I said, it was very much based on the writing process. And yeah. once the writing process was complete, uh, funders were attracted to, to the script and wanted to do it. But um, it took at least, you know, four years. for everything to fall in place. Mm-hmm. Four years. Oh my God. Okay. That's quite a long time. Quite a long time. Tell me, tell me, Sabiha, in terms of you being a producer for this film, you are also a director. So you are seeing things from the perspective of a director as well, while you're working with another director. And that's quite a conflicting zone to be in. How did you sort of balance that out? Because you can, you can be like a bounce board. to a director uh, and a director constantly needs that bounce board on the journey of making the film. So h- how was that balancing of that space? You know, I see myself, uh, if I take on the role as a producer, then, and I have already done my job in shaping the script, in giving feedback, in being that sounding board. And then during the process of the actual shoot, Yeah. One has to keep away from the day-to-day choices that a producer, that a director is making. And yeah. one should. Unless, of course, it's going very wrong, then you do have to intervene. But in the films that I have produced, yeah. um, I have always kept, uh, you know, the backseat and given creative control to the, to the director um, yeah. so that 
I'm not really imposing any of my ideas yes. as a director there. So it's very important to take a back seat, uh, no matter what film you're producing and how invested you feel in it. Your job is to, you know, work closely with the writer director, give them the space to grow, yeah. to make yeah. their choices, be there for them, and then hands off. Yeah, lovely, lovely. That's that's a great great uh, that's a great space to be in because I had. Uh, Anthony Chen, and he is in the same space as producing for other. I was like, how do you guys manage? Because it is so tough to actually take a back seat for a director and just observe. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, Sabia, the director should be in this space as often? You know, I only produce where I feel strongly about a script. Yes. So, and I don't uh, see myself only as a producer. Uh, I see myself as playing that role where I feel yes. I'm going to be able to make a difference. Sure. And I feel invested in the story. Yeah. Um, and I think that one has to be quite, uh, you know, quite strict with oneself. And I, it's not a problem. It's not a problem to take that role on and then, then say, okay, you know, this is what I had to do for it and it's not every film that I want to direct or write it's uh, you know it's been it's uh, it, it doesn't need to be uh, I don't need to be a director all the time um, yes but I think that uh, for me uh, I don't I, I don't see myself as just a producer of course so I do have my own work which I develop and so on Selecting the right projects that you can be part of as yes. a producer. Tell me, Sabia, about the independent filmmaking community in Pakistan. You were saying there are no film schools, virtually no film schools were there when you made Silent Water. And now there are a few of them popping up. How do you see, I mean, you being one of the main voices, do you see yourself being involved in helping that cinema culture grow in Pakistan in terms of the film schools, the independent filmmaking community? How enthusiastic are people there to make films like in India they're all everywhere you know pouncing on each other <laughs> it's too much here <laughs> well the thing is that in Pakistan we don't have institutional support you know mm. which is really very important yeah. um, so with the with that as a given situation what is still happening in the field of cinema or the arts yeah is really very very remarkable because mm -hmm. people are self-taught, people are amazingly talented, and people are coming up with all kinds of stories and finding different ways to tell those stories. And I truly believe that one can't wait for big funding to happen and, you know, the right moment and so on. And um, because a body of work has to grow, so at the moment, I wouldn't want to judge a work and say this is not good and this is not perfect and this doesn't have this or that. But I would say just allow, allow for people because this is the only way they learn because um, there is no institutional support. So how are you going to grow except by trial and error, except by just putting yourself in the, in the middle of that task and saying, okay, I'm just going to go with it. 
the whole problem with filmmaking is that it's such a expensive process that how do you do that you know it's not like writing a book where you sit down to write it so that process means that you've got to get a team together and it's collaborative the whole process is very collaborative and so you you can bring a team together and they may work for you for very little because they believe in the project and that's how a lot of projects are happening in pakistan is because people there's camaraderie people believe in each other and believe that the story needs to be told and should go out there you know yet everybody yes. needs to earn their bread and butter as well so there is uh, that uh, sense of you know i want to make this my profession or this is my profession and how am i going to do that so a lot of people work in tv in tv dramas or in ad films you know to make money and help independent filmmakers to tell their stories as well so i think in the film um sector there is a lot of camaraderie and there is a lot of you know feeling of let's support this let's do it together let's pull this thing off you know yeah yeah tell me sabha you mentioned about self taught filmmakers and there is this constant debate on film schools versus self taught filmmakers what do you think works sabia do you think are you a film school graduate or are you self uh, yes i am uh, i'm i went to a school where i learned filmmaking as well as i did a liberal arts uh, degree and uh, then i did various other courses um in specializing uh, and honing my craft so um well i think filmmaking is a very precise art yes mm-hmm. and while being self taught is very commendable uh and something i respect but yeah. i do think that if you have the help of a film school where you can hone your craft mm. you know where in those 3 years you are jammed with all the knowledge that you need that you yeah. will process over the next 30 years as you grow yeah. Yeah. there will be no stopping that but there is nothing a more important than getting uh that then getting that training because you're mm. doing it together with a community of people you have all the support you need and especially in the technical field where you are a dp or a sound person or a gaffer uh you know even more so because that is so technically precise that you do need to have the support and it's very expensive where are you going to get a camera Yeah. to be able to write uh, to be able to film you know where are you going to be able to get the sound equipment how are you going to learn on the job it's it's very very risky so i do i do i am very much a believer in good education and education in all fields because that empowers you to and and gives you that base that very solid ground from where you start your growth you know yeah. and it will be a process it's a journey so it's not as if what you learned in film school 
is really what is enough in itself. It's the process. You know, for me, uh, cinema is a life-changing process. It's, It's a process where you're sharing, you're putting yourself in work and you're sharing it with others. Yes. And you're opening it up for questioning. Yes. Um, You're starting also a journey with others and it's coming back to you and you're learning more from the feedback you get. Yes. And others are learning from your work. So it's a very, it's a very um, give and take process which will go beyond your lifetime and it will continue forever. And I really like that that's the life giving force, you know, of cinema, that it will go on. And this is what I've learned through Khamosh Pani, that somehow it is still alive. People are watching it. It's become a modern classic and it just continues to grow, you know, and enrich other people's lives. And I think what is important is that we engage more and more people Mm -hmm. in the questions raised by our films. Yeah. Whether it is Kamosh Pani or Joyland or yeah. any other, because it will be that process that will make it alive for others as well and will join yeah. they will join the journey. So yeah. it's a um it's a process that is deepening and widening all the time, you know? Yes. Yes. And that exactly is what I was gonna ask you in terms of when we talk about OTT platforms and the rush to create content. And the rush to put a content out there versus trying to work three and a half years on a script and then get the film made, which takes another maybe two years, a five-year process versus a process that is like a quick, snacky, uh, instant noodles process. Uh, Where do you see uh, that impacting cinema, as, as you mentioned, that very few people like yourself are trying to create? And uh, how... How how much of a competition is that space giving to cinema? Um, I I would say that there is a very tough uh, competition, but I think OTT platforms perhaps are also recognizing the value of cinema. In that mm. uh, in that that it's a it's an alive force. Mm. It's a community experience. Mm. When I yeah. watch a film in a cinema, I can feel the vibes in the cinema for that film. I can feel whether people are enjoying it or not. I can sense, you know, and we are all kind of thinking with each other. So it's a community experience, something that you cannot have by watching a small screen in your room. Yeah. And I think that OTT platforms recognize the value of that experience and that it should not be uh, it should not be taken away. I think film festivals and cinema will continue and maybe in an ironic way, COVID helped us realize that. Because COVID isolated us so much. Yeah. You know, it took away the human contact from us and it created life in isolation. And as soon as the restrictions were opened, you know, 
we wanted to travel and see people and party and you know be with each other and it unleashed another kind of energy yeah and i think that that cinema is that kind of energy and nobody can take it away yeah and nobody should want to take it away yeah you know i think it you... would be it would be it would really be very sad if we don't uh if we don't value this process yeah but lately also because of ott lot of producers are now banking on funding from the ott to make cinema which is so yeah. that is immensely sort of affected a lot of films are even going on floors you see i i think that even though an ott platform might fund a film but they realize the value of having it at a festival mm. right and getting it the accolades and getting it that momentum mm. uh you know that spurs it on and then putting it on the on the platform whatever that may be mm. so i think that funding may be found anywhere mm. and you know as a filmmaker i would say please find funding anywhere and everywhere <laughs> but yeah. first try to get your work out to be seen and discussed yeah absolutely absolutely thank you so much abhi i so appreciate your time and i'll be looking forward to the 24th like you'll be looking forward for the final shortlist of the oscars and i'm hoping and i'm wishing that uh, joyland uh, is part of this entire oscars process and we get to see the film as well in india as much as the world over thank you very much akita Wow. I had some great takeaways from this episode. I hope you had two. One being that cinema is an art where you cannot lie. Cinema is a process. Such love and emphasis for the process, for the journey, and not being in a hurry to reach the destination. Absolutely love that. It's also a constant reminder about myself and also but what i see around me that's it folks i hope you guys have a great weekend we are beginning the year and i hope all your dreams and wishes come true not forget to follow us on our instagram twitter handles metaphysical lab for regular updates on the podcast and also you can find me on linkedin we've also started up a freshly brewed youtube channel with the name metaphysical lab so do join in and follow us